Actor and filmmaker Ann Johnston Brown has spent the past 35 years navigating the ups and downs of Hollywood. With a master's degree in theater arts, Ann was a professor at the prestigious American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles and is the author of several books published by Smith & Krauss, the world's largest of its kind. Her films on the subject of homelessness have won countless awards, and her voice can be heard throughout the world in a variety of television and radio commercials, as well as the audiobooks of many New York Times and USA Today best-selling authors. And now, she brings to you the best of what she's learned. Welcome to The Actor's Guide. All right, everybody, we are back with The Actor's Guide. And today I am going to bring to you a, a very special episode. This is one that I've really looked forward to. Uh, but I do need to preface it. Uh, as actors, and this this show is dedicated to helping actors uh, get prepared for uh, the their professional careers, and when I first started out and I moved to Hollywood and I was working at studios and various theaters, one thing that was apparent to me was Hollywood and probably the same would be true of New York City, Chicago, the major cities where actors end up, well, they're not as glamorous as they look. And there's an underbelly and you can't get away from it. And if you turn a blind eye, well... You, you, you'll realize it's harder to turn the blind eye. You might as well try to do something about it. And I'm talking about homelessness. And one thing I learned when I first moved to Hollywood is that at least L.A., but I know all the major cities have a terrible homeless problem. So I was able to get involved with a group called Polly's Project. And Paul Avila is the man who started Polly's project. And be I'm just not going to say any more. I'm going to let him tell his story. He's my special guest today. Hi, Paul. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Anne. How are you? I'm doing really good. And I want you to, I want the audience to know that, uh, Paul Avila is a, is a dear friend, but he is a dear friend to the homeless of LA. And many people know who he is. But I'm going to go ahead and ask Paul right now, Paul, can you tell us about why you started Polly's Project? Just give us a little snippet of the story, because it's a beautiful story. And we also want to hear about Polly. Yes, definitely. I'll kind of tie in the two. And, uh, you know, you can't mention Polly's Project without <laughs> the story of Polly. You know, so uh, right. to make a long story short, uh, Polly is my son. He's now 24 years old. And Polly was born blind and autistic. So Polly can't see and talk. And uh, at, at a young age, we found out that music really seemed to soothe and calm him. So, you know, I used to call him a little Stevie Wonder. I think it was like <laughs> three or four years old. And we put the headphones and he would just rock back and forth and mm. it would just engulf him. You know, yeah. you could just see he'd light up, yeah. you know, call him the Colgate smile and <laughs> he would just be so happy with it. And, um, you know, as he got older, we went through some challenging times or, you know, I can't imagine the the frustration you know you're now this teen and your body's changing and and just going through all the the changes in life and um you know we would turn to music again to to calm him and uh you know that was like our lifesaver with him you know right right so as he got older you know then we got him on the keyboard and he would play the piano with grandma and just music is like i said just took over so um to tie it into Polly's project so now <laughs> I'm volunteering um, 
probably, I'd say I was my early 30s, and I went down to the Union Rescue Mission just to serve breakfast. I said, you know what? I want to get back to our community, and uh, I would just start, you know, 6 a.m. We'd go down there and start getting breakfast ready. And I remember this one particular morning, and I had been into it maybe a couple months of volunteering and walking back to my car, and I saw this homeless guy in the corner and totally stopped me in my tracks because he had that same Colgate smile that Polly mm-hmm. had, mm-hmm. and he was hearing his headphones, oh. you know, and he was rocking back and forth yeah. and dancing. And um, it just, it was like one of those God-inspired moments, and I'm just like, wow, it just stopped there, and I was looking at him, and I was like, music's the universal right. language, like they say, you know? Right. And, um, it doesn't matter if you're blind and autistic like Polly or a homeless guy who sleeps in a tent at night, like music touches right. the soul, you know, right. music doesn't discriminate. It brings on so, that Colgate smile. <laughs> yes, 100%, definitely. So, um, yeah, I remember at that point just going in home, going home, tossing and turning that night. And I said, I know a seed was planted and how do I connect my passion of helping the homeless and music, which is our lifesaver, mm-hmm. and then, of course, Polly. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start something called Polly's Project. So wow. I want my son involved in this, and we're going to go and donate radios right. to our homeless friends. You know, just a simple concept. With the and, headsets, uh, right? Uh, exactly. The, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the AM, FM, you know, just yeah. your basic headphone set. And, um, you know, I said, I'm going to bring Polly with me. So, you know... I thought they'd be more excited about the radio, which they were. <laughs> but I think the more um, eye-opener, um, you could say, was them meeting Polly. So the first question yeah. I'd get is, well, why is he looking at me? You know, because they kind of didn't quite get Polly's oh, you know, yeah. situation. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, he, he's blind, you know. Right. And, and, you don't, you, and you don't uh, mm-hmm. have, uh, well, I noticed a lot that Polly doesn't wear a lot of sunglasses or anything. He's, you, you don't have him wearing sunglasses a lot, do you? Yeah, you know what? He never took to him. He always took them off. So I'm like, hey, I don't want to bother him with it. Right. You know, because, um, yeah, that's what I thought. You know, he could wear the sunglasses. But, yeah, he... Anything covering yeah. his face or yeah, stuff like right. that, he just doesn't like it. I don't it, blame so. him. I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, and and so, how long ago was it that you started Polly's Project? How long have you been doing this? Yes, yes. So now that's, I think we're going on year ten. Oh mm-hmm. wow! Because I I know you'd been at it for a few years when when I met you and we started. Yeah. You know, I started joining up and speaking of that. So you started getting a bunch of helpers, uh, and they and 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 this grew from beyond radios with headsets. This became this became food, clothes, shoes. Tell me how that happened. Yeah. So basically, you know, I'd say the first two to three years was me and Polly hitting the streets and just donating these radios, right. you know, and I kind of told my family and my immediate friends, like, this is kind of what I like to do, you know, so we'd get, you know, $5 donation, $10 yeah. donation. We always had enough to float to purchase these AM right. FM radios. And um, I remember, I think it was year two, <coughs> excuse me, um, I um, I started posting on Instagram and I remember mm-hmm. uh, a lady had mentioned, Hey, it's a beautiful story. We love what you and Polly do. It's so inspirational, but how do we get involved? Right. Like we want to be a part of this movement. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like I'm kind of feeling selfish <laughs> that it's just about me and Polly, but I need to open it to others. Yeah. So yeah. I just said, you know what? We're going to meet at this street at this time. Oh, and yeah. remember the first time uh, I think I had two people show up and I was all excited. <laughs> I was like, man, we have extra hands, you know? Yeah. And then, 
Yeah, four people, ten people, I know. 50, you know, as you know, over the years, oh, it's, I do. it's grown to thousands oh, of volunteers. It's just been but, crazy. Yeah. There have been times where I would, I personally believe we had too many, too many people yeah. helping. Yeah. And that, exactly. isn't that a wonderful problem? It but, is. It yeah. Is. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, so many people out there helping, but also people donating. And yes. that, that's another thing. And, and I, and I'm going to ask you a question, but let me lead this in. A lot of people, will say that when you're giving things to the homeless, you're you're condoning their situation, you're enabling them, you're telling them that that they should not strive to not be homeless. What is your answer to that? Well, I hear that a lot. You know, I hear that word enabling. And right. sometimes we're enabling people to live another day. You know, if oh, you're yeah. down in the trenches in the streets where I go, you right. know, some people don't know where their next meal's coming from. And it, it's rough, you know, just speaking on Los Angeles, there's 70,000 homeless in L.A. County, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I think most people are numb to it. You drive and you ignore know, them and you yeah. put your blinders on. Um, but when you really get out and, and talk to them and everybody has a, a different backstory, you know, right. and we don't know the options and, and choices they had in life. And at the end of the day, who are we to judge? You know, I think with them, we drive by and, and we see what they're doing. They're smoking, they're drinking or whatever. They're having a meltdown. You know, their, their life is on display. And for right. us, it's like, yeah, we're closing four doors, but who knows what we're going through. It's That's just right. the world is not there to pass by and see it, you know? So right. I, I think we have to be more compassionate. And, um, you know, I've just had like volunteers that say, I don't know what to expect. I'm nervous. I'm kind of scared. Mm. I don't know if they're going to yell at me, this and that. <laughs> and then I say, okay, well, hold, hold that thought, you know, and yeah, then right. they'll be out with us the yeah. hours. And at the end of the yeah. day, I said, now, what do you think? And they're like, these are genuinely great people, they you know, are. might be down on their luck, but they're appreciative. They're thankful. They know you guys by name. And, right. you know, I say the the toughest part that I hear that they tell me, toughest part of homelessness is loneliness. Oh, yeah. And that's where we need to step up and, mm -hmm. and be a friend, you know, an act of kindness is free. If you don't and, have something to give, yeah. start a conversation. You and know? there was a, a, a survey or some sort of survey that was done of homeless people in L.A. I can't mm -hmm. remember how many people were in the survey, how many of the homeless they actually spoke to. But the number one thing that homeless people said that they wanted was for someone to look them in the eyes. And, you know, most people walk past homeless people. They don't they don't even want to look at them, but they mm -hmm. just want to be recognized and they want people to be kind and smile at them. And I know that sounds so simple, but it's true. And uh, yeah. and I will also say this and, and then I'm going to ask a question and let you keep talking. I've got a really powerful uh, we've got a powerful, powerful segment coming up. But um, I just I just want to say, too, that in my experience with the homeless, especially of Skid Row, uh, I feel that there are a lot of people that even given the opportunity to not be homeless, they just don't have the mental capacity there. They, they've either been burned by drugs or some sort of breakdown or some just living on the streets for 20 years or whatever. They, they need our help. They can't just go fill out an application at McDonald's and get a job. A lot of these people need our help with food and, 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 and everything that you provide with Polly's project. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yes. I mean, there's everything on the spectrum, you know, yeah. there's people that, don't want to be homeless that want services and help. There's people that at the end of the day, 
we can get them housing. They don't want to, there's yeah. the mental, there's drugs, there, you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, you need to be on the front lines and, and start that human connection because that's I've right. seen people from, you know, like, um, different agencies from, you know, LA County go down with their clipboards. Well, if you don't really know somebody and you're trying to yeah. help them out, they're yeah. not going to trust you, you know, and you say, what's your social number? You know, they're going to say, Hey, I don't know who you are. Oh, you know, that's where right. I could go down there yeah. after building relationships for years and say, right. Hey, Steve, we need your information. We're trying to get you housing. So a lot of it is trust. Like you said, a lot of people have right. been burnt. Right. Um, I think just homelessness, unfortunately, has just a, a such a negative stigma about it. And, and people put them in this bubble that they're all the same. You know, I was talking to a gentleman. Um, how was it last? No, it was longer than that. It was a while back. But, <laughs> you know, basically said, you know, a year ago I was married, had a house, had a job. I was a cook. Mm. And life happens, you know, yeah. unfortunately, my wife uh, got divorced and she got the house. So now I live in an apartment. Well, the restaurant I work at uh, went out of business because of COVID. So now mm. I have zero income. I'm not working. So I took to the streets and people oh. say, hey, if you don't have a home and you don't have food, go to Skid Row. At least you can eat there. Yeah. You have the mission. Yeah. So unfortunately, being there, he got hooked on drugs and alcohol. You know, it's a, it's a whole long story. Yeah. But he said, you know, within a year. I mean, things your change your life could just change, you know, dramatically. So and 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 you know, people have the instinct to survive, and when they do hit Skid Row, out of whatever the necessity is, whatever happened, that intrusion in their life that caused them to have to go to Skid Row, uh, unfortunately, other demons come along with it. But mm-hmm. uh, but again, it comes down to compassion and not just sitting around judging, pointing fingers, you know, saying why did you make the choices you made or do things the way. You you did it. I want you to tell us, and this is where I'm getting to the powerful section. You and I <laughs> talked the other day, and I, I, yes. I, you know, we, you just happened. We just happened to be. I think you accidentally called me, and I was like, "What's you? What do you need, Paul?" And next <laughs> thing you know, we're talking about a, a testimonial. Uh, uh, I want you to tell uh, tell the story that you told me, and I, and and let me let me say that that people, especially Paul and Polly's project, who I know very dearly. I know that they're changing people's lives, and I want you to tell us about. Uh, I'm not going to give it away, so you just tell us. It, it, it's but she <laughs> sure. she overcame her situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, go yeah, ahead. definitely, definitely. No, I love to share these because again, you know, homelessness. There's always you know a negativity about it, but I like to say I've been a part of many success stories. Yeah, and um, there are people that get out. You know, so um, this one story, it's amazing, and. Um, It was my friend, Sophia. She's been living in the streets probably about a total of 25 years um, within living in the streets. You know, a lot of negative stuff. You know, she Mm -hmm. she says, hey, I turned to prostitution. I had to make money. I sold cocaine. I did the worst of the worst. I've been there, done that. You know, she had been raped. She'd been stabbed. I I think they're just multiple stories. You know, obviously living in the streets for 25 years, you can imagine, you know, she's she's been there and done that. Um, So one night, um, this was about three years ago. And after this situation, I didn't see her. And I thought in my head when that happens, you know, sometimes people pass away. It pretty much always ends negatively. But Mm -hmm. um, she said that uh, she was high on cocaine. Um, she was prostituting to to earn money and um, uh, say it was $100. Uh, she had $100 in her tent. Some guy came along, grabbed the $100 and took off. 
And I guess she knew which car. He had actually came in a car and she saw his car across the street. She said, Paul, at that point, I wanted to end it all. I was so tired of life. I didn't care. This is the last hundred dollars to my name. Um, this guy just got me at the at the wrong time. So she's like, we had a little uh, gas can of gasoline. So she says, I went to his car and I said, this is it, you know. So she uh, threw gas, you know, on his car. She flicked the match and she didn't realize that, you know, she had uh, gasoline on herself. Oh, so it was yeah. like on her arms and stuff. <laughs> Next thing she goes up in flames, you know, so the car explodes. Her face is on fire, her arms. And I think, you know, she went on the ground and they rolled her over and probably threw some water on her. So long story short, she survived, but she spent, I don't know the exact amount of time. I want to say maybe it was like a year or something like that in in the hospital just with like skin graft it was just a painful right. process you know and um she her first her main story she told me was how nice these nurses were to her and how they treated her and just with respect and and stuff like that and she says wow if i ever get a career you know if i make it out of this thing i think i want to be a nurse one day or work in a hospital and 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 kind of pay it forward how they did to me i want to you know help others so long story short, she made it out of the hospital. She got back on her feet. She says, I'm done with life in the streets. Um, she went back to school. She got like her nursing credential. Mm. <laughs> um, she got housing. She got a car. Wow. And she just recently got married. <laughs> and it's it's the total comeback story. I oh. mean, I, I'm saying it briefly, but I mean, talk about bringing a smile to my face to seeing well, somebody who's been down in their luck to knowing that she's working at a hospital now. Right. It, it's amazing. And you have this fantastic picture. It was of her with you when she was on Skid Row, because we always take pictures, you know, down there, where mm -hmm. we're, you know, if they let us. Uh, there, Some yeah. people are very sensitive about that. Yeah, but, with permission. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. And then and then you had a picture with, with her on Skid Row, and then the picture of her in the hospital with, you know, burns all over her body, and then a picture picture of her where she had a surgical mask on where she was actually what is, is she a nurse now right she's an yeah. RN mm -hmm. uh -huh. but the one thing you left out Paul is that she said to you that when she was laying there and those nurses were being so kind it made her think of the people with Polly's project how yes. kind the Polly's project people were and how it it just she just realized you know this is this kindness is infectious and I want to you know I want to give back now is, is, you know, how that works. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I finally saw her, she hugged me and she says, I never forgot you guys, you know, because when we were down, you know, you guys were always there to uplift us. We yeah. said, Oh my God, they're coming this Sunday. And she says, just that encouragement, yeah. just calling us by name and hugging us and, right. you know, giving us our supplies or whatever we needed <laughs> to get by at the time. Right. So it was amazing how I ran into her because there's a street called Long Beach. And when I pulled up, she was opening her trunk, handing out blankets. And I said, who is this lady? You know, and I looked, I'm like, <laughs> Sophia, you know, oh she, my says, gosh. she says, I spent 25 years on the street. It, 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 I have to come back and pay it forward and give back. I'm in a Aww. financial situation where these are my friends out here. I'm not going to turn my back. I know how it's like. And wow. it was just, to put that on top of it was, it was 
And now, oh, and amazing. now she's got a career and she's married and she's giving back. And this is a lesson. Now, I, we're not here preaching on this episode. This episode of the Actor's Guide is to basically open your eyes to let you know, well, just to give you the heads up, really, when you become an actor and you're driving to your the studios and the theaters and and wherever you're going as an actor, you're uh, you're you're going to be passing homeless people. That's just the way it is in this day and age uh, in the major cities, and that's where you're going to be if you're if you're going to have a successful career. And it it would really. Uh, it would really bless you as well as bless others if you found a way to get involved uh, with the homeless. It, it it is just something that you, you know, giving back. It, it it it. Some people believe in karma. I personally believe in in God, and I believe that that He will bless us. And I'm I'm certain He's blessed you, Paul. Uh, I will. I know for a fact He has because I know that you went from just asking people to donate uh, to you have what a warehouses full of stuff and i i mean uh tell us a little more about that the people who contribute tell us more about how how this has grown yes yes no it's it's truly been a blessing i mean from just thinking of me and Polly, you know handing out little radios to <laughs> yeah. getting so many people on board and we have an amazing team we have somebody's in charge of hygiene kits somebody's in charge of food right. and clothing and fruit and blankets that you name it, yeah. you know, and, um, I had somebody, uh, approach me, God, that would be about, uh, six months ago now. And he said, Hey, I've been following you. How can I help Polly's project? And yeah. I said, you know what, for the time being storage would help us, oh, you know, I got boy. six locations between <laughs> uh, my brothers and sisters and all my family is storing stuff. I said, if I had one hub, yeah. it would be amazing, you yeah. know, and, and okay, let me see what I could do. And, Long story short, he called two weeks later and he says, I got your warehouse. And I no. said, warehouse? That sounds kind of scary. Like, <laughs> how much am I going to be investing in this warehouse, you know? And uh, he said, let me ask you a question. You've been helping the homeless for 10 years. So what did you want out of it? And I said, I want nothing in return. I'm doing it from the kindness of my heart, you know? Yeah. And he's like, you just got my answer why I'm doing this for you. And I'm like, wow. So, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So yeah. he signed like a three-year lease. He's paying. 1500 a month for us to have this warehouse. And uh, yeah, it's a thousand yeah. square foot warehouse. Wow. And I remember I was like, God, well, how are we going to fill this place? And then I just had a company last week donate 12 pallets of brand new oh. clothing, you know, so <laughs> now this place is too small for us. I'm like, it, it's amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, and see, there, there you go. I mean, people, people do care. And by the way, you know, I, I will tell you that, that it sounds like, you know, we, the, that your cup is overflowing, but really you, people can donate and help in, in so many ways. What are the ways that people can donate to Polly's project? Cause there are some people that might be, you know, in in the Midwest or in small towns where they're not having, they don't have the type of homeless problem that we have in in Hollywood in L.A. How mm-hmm. can they help from afar? Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of ways. You know, sometimes when I tell people, oh, we got twelve pallets of clothing and yeah. stuff, they're like, oh, he's good. And I said, no, no, I will, I will <laughs> never refuse donations because as quick as they come in is as quick as we get them out to the community. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have our website, you know, at pauliesproject.org. And we're going to be um, linking that on this podcast. Yes. So, yes. Yes. And I have a Amazon wish list. So there's like particular items, maybe hygiene items and right. stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we have a the cash app, you know, PayPal, Venmo for a monetary donation. So there's a lot people could do behind the scenes. Right. I know. 
maybe being on the front line, volunteering isn't for everybody, right. but there's something that everybody can do, you know, and, and it right. takes a, um, Oh my gosh. It takes a village. I was trying to think of <laughs> it, take, it truly takes a village, you know? And it does, though. There are so many people. There are so many facets. I mean, back when you and Polly were doing the radios, yeah, that was simple. Um, but mm-hmm. but then you saw that there was a greater need than just putting Colgate smiles on people's faces with music. You realize these people, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think what, what was the most popular thing? I think socks. Socks yeah, are so popular. Yeah, we're always low in socks. I yeah, know. Socks. And, and, and socks, mm-hmm. and it seemed like there was one other thing I remember people would always ask me when they would come up. But I was the hygiene lady, so I had hygiene bags. And a lot of times yeah. I was like, well, no, I'm not the sock lady. Let's find a sock yeah. lady. But, yeah, there are so many items that are always, always in great need. Um, yeah. And uh, listen, if, if you're in doubt or don't have the Amazon wish list, wish list time, that's hard to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> donating cash, donating, donating money to the uh, is so great because, too, you know, you guys will make food every December. You guys have your big blowout, um, you know, uh, uh, what do you guys yeah, call it? Giving back event. Giving back yeah. event. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. With Santa Claus and all the, and that, that costs money. But, you know, Paul, yes. you've never, Paul, you've never asked for anything you just it seems like you and and everybody go onto his website once you see his smiling face and then you see Polly next to him you'll understand why people just love this guy other than just you know what you're hearing now he just these are lovable wonderful giving christian people um and one last question because we will be running out of time but i do want to ask and this is probably very beneficial uh to everyone if you if if someone is in a city that that doesn't have, I don't know if they, if they if every city has a homeless uh, uh, organization that serves the homeless, but if you happen to have you know uh, a need, how would you recommend somebody start their own type of organization like Polly's Project? Yeah, well, I think like you said, the first thing is kind of checking your surrounding areas because most likely there might be an organization yeah. to kind of piggyback off or kind of learn the ropes. But right. first things first is kind of making that human connection, going out there. You know, they always say if you can't feed a thousand people, feed one. You know, it starts right. with one. Right. You know, getting to know. You know, we were just out there this weekend, and some guy shook his hey, Steve, and he says, you know what? No, I haven't been acknowledged in two weeks. You're the first person, like you said, that looked me in the eyes, shook my hand. Right. And uh, it starts there, you know, and I know people get leery. I don't want to give them money because they might be buying booze and this and that, you know, but it could be like, hey, can I offer you some food or, you know, sometimes I'll put things in my trunk, you know, and you're seeing somebody laying on the concrete. Yeah. Hey, here's a blanket, you know, just start simple. And and, and blankets are another big deal, uh, you yes. know, especially in the winter. Even in L.A., I know a lot of people think sunny, California, even in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. It can be down in the 30s uh, and yeah. 20s. It's been really cold the last couple of days. Yeah. Right. And, and s- a lot of these people living under like the freeway encampments and right. stuff and the wind is blowing. Oh, you know? yeah. And and. That's the thing, you know, a lot of this stuff we've just got at home that, that, you know, we, I can't tell you how many times I've donated to the Salvation Army stuff that I'll later go, oh my Lord, I should have taken that to Polly's project, you know. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that, that's the thing. If, if you want to help the homeless, we don't, we don't uh, encourage anyone to, to, to risk their safety. Like, like Paul said, he created relationships first. But if you see someone that you know is in need, by all means, uh, 
uh, hand them some food or water or a blanket, and that that would just be uh, that would be probably saving their life in some cases. Yes, yes. So, I remember this past weekend. I think it's the most people I've seen barefoot in I don't know how long, and that just irks me. It's oh. like nobody should be walking on the concrete barefoot. And, um, you know, it kind of goes back to that old saying, you know, the things we take for granted, others are praying for. That's right. So just a simple pair of socks made somebody's right. day, you know. And, and you know, uh, if, if somebody, uh, again, we go back to Sophie, uh, you know, you might you knew she was there 25 years. She was a prostitute. She was doing drugs. She was, you probably or somebody may have thought she's a lost cause. And then yeah. look how how all this stuff came back where yeah. what the the kindness of Polly's project and then the kindness yeah. of the nurses and now she's she's right there with you guys and, yeah uh, and I think uh, my son has prepared me for this work he's giving me a special kind oh. of patience and compassion <laughs> you know I'm up at two o'clock in the morning sometimes changing diapers oh. I mean imagine a child who can't see and talk and it's a lot of work and yeah. I don't complain you do what you got to do that's right so when I go out to the streets and I do this type of yeah. work sometimes people put me on a pedestal oh Paul you're so great and I said mm. this is nothing different than I do in my household you know so well I don't pat myself on the back this is just who I am at heart you know and you've got so. a good attitude because a lot of people would have crumbled just under that pressure of 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 with your child being blind and yes. autistic but let me say too Polly has been a, as much a help as you already pointed Pointed out a much a, as much a help to the homeless as 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 a bottle of water or a blanket would be uh, his his just his his the love that's in Polly because of the love you've shown him and yeah. uh, and even though Polly can't can't really communicate with with mm -hmm. people boy I tell you what like you said that Colgate smile oh yeah um, no, and, a, a beautiful spirit and it's yeah. no matter how many years pass or maybe some see him or don't yeah like even this past weekend I'd say at least least 20 people. How's Polly doing? Oh. They all laugh for him because he's touched their hearts. Right. Know? Well, I'll tell you what, we've run out of time here, but I do want to encourage everyone who's listening, please go to the website, pollysproject.org. And Polly is P-A-U-L-Y project.org and it'll be also on my website it'll also be linked to this podcast on all the podcast uh, platforms apple spotify google play everything so i really hope everyone just uh is encouraged by what you've heard from paul avila today i'll tell you what he he encourages me all the time i loved it the other day when you accidentally called me paul i was like yay i get to talk to paul yeah so, oh, thank god made that on accident <laughs> call was supposed to be <laughs> i tell you what thank you so much well, i Paul, appreciate you guys stay on the line for just a second we thank okay. you and i'm gonna close out this program and i'm gonna say goodbye to you properly but hey everybody tune in next time this is the actor's guide tag you're it this has been the actor's guide for more information about ann johnston brown or to join the tag team please visit our website at ajbprods.com slash podcast